Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya. As a Byzantine Catholic, and in particular a Byzantine Catholic priest, I am often asked, uh, well, many questions actually, many that are repeated oftentimes. And one of the questions that is often repeated to me is, Father Tom, do Byzantine Catholics or Orthodox Christians, do they pray the rosary? My answer to that question is actually a qualified yes. To understand why I would qualify that answer is a yes. We have a special guest today to help me out with that question and that answer. He's been on here before. He's the author of a couple of books that I highly recommend to you, one of which we'll talk about today. His name is Anthony Stalin, and his book that we're going to talk about today that helps to answer the question about the Eastern Rosary is called The Prayer Rule of the Theotokos, as prayed by St. Seraphim of Saraf. Christ is risen. Anthony, welcome to Light of the East. Indeed, he is risen. Thank you, Father Thomas. It's, uh, it's nice to be back with you today. Yes, and I've been having a lot of success getting your book around, actually, because that's a mission of, on the part of you and me together. <laughs> the book that I'm talking about, the first one, actually, is Orthodox Christianity, Marriage, and Contraception. Understanding the mystery of marriage and the problem of contraception from within the Orthodox Christian dogmatic tradition. Now, when we use the word Orthodox, we're really referring to, yes, the Orthodox Church, but more broadly, right, Anthony, we're, we're referring really to that shared spirituality of the Eastern Catholic churches and the Orthodox churches. In other words, Eastern Christian spirituality, what it has to say on this on this whole topic of contraception. That, that was the one book that I'm referring to that I enjoyed very much and have been an evangelizer for that book. <laughs> but now today we're going to talk about another book, this prayer rule or this so-called, perhaps we can say, Eastern Rosary. So tell us about this prayer rule of the Theotokos, prayed by St. Seraphim of Seraph. Absolutely. I, I would be happy to, Father. So the prayer rule of the Theotokos is, uh, well, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of historical fact mixed with some legends, I guess you could call them, regarding how, how the uh, prayer rule has come down to us today and how 
It came to uh, Father St. Seraphim of Seraph back in the early 19th century, or maybe actually it was probably the late 18th century, but uh, he, he, St. Seraphim lived from 1754 to 1833, and uh, he's a very widely known, uh, one of the most loved uh, Orthodox saints of our day, and he's especially uh, known in the Ru- Russian Orthodox Church. He was a Russian Orthodox and so he was very devoted to this prayer, the prayer rule of the Theotokos. And the basic format of it is actually very similar to the uh, Roman Catholic Rosary. The foundation of it, I guess you could say, is the recitation of 150 Hail Marys, or as we say them in the East, Rejoice Theotokos prayers. That's actually the most ancient form of the angelic salutation as it was prayed going all the way back to the early centuries of the Church, the way that that prayer is said is, uh, Rejoice, O Virgin Theotokos. Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. For you have borne Christ, the Savior and Redeemer of our souls. Now, the listener will notice that the biggest difference between the Latin rite form and ours of that prayer is simply the ending. We, we end it in the East, for you have borne Christ the Savior, or sometimes we say, Savior and deliver of our souls. Whereas sure. in, in the West, those, of course, to say, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a slight um, variation. In fact, the, the, the Roman Catholic version where, you know, they, they insert the name Jesus after the first half of the prayer, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And then they have a supplication to Our Lady uh, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And that was uh, a later development in the West, and it's obviously it's per- perfectly legitimate for prayers to develop over time. But we, we like in the East, as in basically everything we do, we like to keep the tradition of, of uh, the really ancient way of doing things. And the basic history of the prayer rule is that it's founded on this recitation of the angelic salutation 150 times after the model of the Psalter. Uh, there are 150 psalms, and there are 150 Rejoice, O Virgin Theotokos prayers in the prayer rule of the Theotokos. The reason that that developed, basically because in the early church, there was not the degree of literacy as we have today. There were not as many Psalters to go around to, you know, the laity and to monks who would go out into the desert with basically nothing. And they needed a rule of prayer. They needed a way to stay close to God um, on a daily basis with basically no belongings of their own. They may not have no, no prayer book, no uh, virtually nothing with them, except maybe the clothes on their back if they were uh, fortunate enough to have that. So they, they, this was one of the methods of prayer that they developed was to pray the Rejoice Theotokos prayer 150 times. And eventually the usage of a, a prayer rope, the chotki, was incorporated into the use of the prayer rule. And originally the chotki was used more to pray shorter, what they call monologic prayers, one-worded prayers, very short prayers that would sort of catapult your heart and mind into the mystery of God and, and help you to stay there throughout the day. And uh, so the chotki, the prayer rope, was used, sort of our Eastern correlation to the rosary beads, that was used in order to pray and count the prayers of the prayer rule. And that developed, uh, they say, from, from some of most of the things I've read, that was in the 4th century in the Thebaid. The, the Egyptian desert monks would pray this rule 
simply without the meditation on the mysteries early on. Now, around the 8th century, there was a further development, and they don't know exactly who this was uh, given to, but they, the, as legend has it, Our Lady came and revealed to a monk of the East something more about this prayer rule. And uh, some sources I've read uh, seem to indicate that that's when the mysteries, as we have them, the 15 mysteries of the prayer rule, were given. Now, they differ slightly from the Roman Catholic Rosary. There is some overlap, but one of the interesting things about the prayer rule, one of the things that I like uh, a lot, is the early mysteries of the prayer rule focus on Our Lady's, well, the very first mystery is the nativity of the Theotokos. So it's her birth from Joachim and Anna, so it incorporates that into the whole recitation and the meditation of uh, this beautiful prayer. And then the second mystery is the entrance of the Theotokos into the Holy of Holies of the Temple, which is also, I'm sure you'll agree, Father, that's a, one of the beautiful feasts that we have in our church, yes. and it's also common in the, uh, to the Western Church, the presentation of the Theotokos into the Temple. And uh, so that's how the prayer rule begins. Those are the first two mysteries. And then, then it goes into something a little more similar to the Western Rosary. The Annunciation of the Archangel Gabriel is the next mystery, and then the Visitation of the Theotokos to Elizabeth, and then uh, the Nativity of Christ, and it goes on. But basically, to answer your question a little more uh, directly, after the 8th century, it was passed on and used by Christians everywhere by, in the East. The, this prayer rule was prayed a great deal by many Christians in the East. Some say it was universally prayed. But then somehow, along the way, it sort of dwindled out and fell into disuse and was sort of lost for centuries. And St. Seraphim recounts in his notebook that he came across this prayer rule somehow, and he began reciting it. And he was very devoted to it, and he came to the point of sharing it with all of his spiritual children that he came across, and he kept a notebook, uh, a notebook. In his notebook, he also kept a sort of diary of all the miracles that would happen through his own recitation for, for people and, uh, you know, for people who come to him in his cell and ask him to pray for them. And miracles were worked through this prayer rule. And he began to disseminate it. He began to spread it out and to give it to his spiritual children. And it then again, took new life and spread in, uh, in, in, into uh, Russian Orthodoxy, and from there it, it continued to spread outwards. However, a small side note, the monks of Mount Athos, it said, have never ceased praying the prayer rule. They have prayed it ever since, you know, the, Mount Athos has been a center of Orthodox spirituality. That's something that has encouraged there over the centuries. Now, the prayer itself, let's go through the prayer itself. How do you actually pray this prayer rule of the Theotokos? Well, the, the basic structure is we start off with our, our, our typical introductory prayers in the East, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen, and then we pray the O Heavenly King, and then the Trisagion prayers. We recite the Creed, similar to the Rosary, only we use the Nicene Creed rather than the Apostles' Creed. Sometimes there, there is some variation. Some people will then pray uh, Psalm 50, and then they'll move into a recitation of the prayer itself. And the, uh, the mystery is then uh, announced. So you would say, let us remember the nativity of the Blessed Theotokos. And then there's a little prayer in the prayer rule book that I put together here 
for each set of mysteries, for, for each decade of the prayer rule, there's a prayer that St. Seraphim himself composed, which he would pray before each decade. And in fact, there's some question of whether he was using the mysteries themselves to pray the prayer rule. Some say that, in fact, there was a confusion over uh, when, when the mysteries entered into the prayer rule. And uh, there was another seraphim, uh, St. Seraphim Zazinsky, another Russian Orthodox uh, uh, saint. He was canonized in the year 2000. And he was an early 20th century saint. And he also sort of helped the development. And some say that the, the way that we have of having the mysteries involved in the prayer rule, that comes from him. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the prayer rule of the Theotokos as prayed by St. Seraphim of Seraph with our guest, Anthony Stalin. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Pope John Paul II once said, Humanity, its dignity, and its balance, at every moment and on every place on earth, will depend upon who he is for her and who she is for him. I am Father Thomas Loya with a Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. Why are we a man? Why are we a woman? Unless we know the why, we do not know the how to be man or a woman, and therefore we do not know how to really be for each other. The why behind being a man or woman is told in the theology of our gendered bodies. Our bodies speak a language. Gender reveals God. Through gender, we can actually participate in the way that God loves us. We can love as God loves. Human sexuality is an icon of the very interior life of the Holy Trinity. To find out more about the theology of the body, visit TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to TaborLife.org. That's TaborLife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyal, your host. Our guest today is Anthony Stalin, author of a couple of books, one of which is called Orthodox Christianity, Marriage and Contraception, Understanding the Mystery of Marriage and the Problem of Contraception from Within the Orthodox Christian Dogmatic Tradition. But today, we're talking about his other book, The Prayer Rule of the Theotokos, as prayed by St. Seraphim of Seraph. It's basically the Eastern form of rosary. Now, Anthony, I'm going to read a page of your book here. Okay. Just as an example to the listeners of how you move through this prayer. Because you, you brought us to a certain point before the break. Now, I'm going to read the actual page in, in the book. And this one is for the, the page that deals with the Nativity of the Theotokos. Let us remember the Nativity of the Theotokos. Let us pray for mothers, fathers, and children. 
Okay, now that part there, is that from St. Seraphim, or is that added to come later? What is that part? So the, the mystery, let us remember the nativity of the Theotokos, from the most uh, current information that I've, I've read, the mysteries themselves in this form were given to us by St. Seraphim Zvezdinsky of the early 20th century Russian Orthodox Church. And he himself uh, had a grandfather who was uh, a disciple of St. Seraphim. And so the prayer rule passed from this grandfather of uh, Zvezdinsky to his father and then to him. And he is the one who, they say, added the meditations as we have them here. Now, the second part of what you mentioned there, let us pray for mothers, fathers, and children, that, that section that has a, a specific intention before the recitation of the Ten Rejoice Theotokos Prayers, that is from St. Seraphim's notebook. That's how he uh-huh. prayed the prayer rule each day. He would include in each decade this intention for a, a specific group of people or a specific intention, and then he would continue with the recitation of the Rejoice Theotokos Prayers. So... His his prayer rule was more focused on including all of these situations in the world and in his life and for the church. He he wanted to include that in his prayer uh, to Our Lady. Um, now, so so that I think that answers that that question. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. For example, the prayer on the mystery of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin in Theotokos. Yeah. What Seraphim writes is, let us pray for those who have lost their way and have fallen away from the church. Yeah. So they had those problems back then, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's uh, something that goes way back uh, to the uh, circle of the Twelve Apostles, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we then we do the Rejoice of Virgin Theotokos, as we mentioned, in the actual Eastern form of the Hail Mary. And then there is an, another verse... For example, I'll go back to the one of the Nativity of the Theotokos. It says, Our Lady Blessed Theotokos, save and preserve your servants, and you give the names, relatives, or friends. Increase their faith and repentance, and when they die, give them rest with the saints in your eternal glory. Now, where does that part come from? So the prayer after the recitation of the Ten Rejoice Theotokos prayers is from a way that the a nun who was a disciple of St. Seraphim, she prayed the prayer rule, and she would include these prayers at the, at the end of the ten Rejoice Theotokos prayers. So that's from, that's from her, her method of praying. They say that the intentions that St. Seraphim would, would pray afterwards for each decade, they, those he did not let anybody know of. He didn't write them down, and he didn't reveal them to people. So he had prayers there, but... He didn't share those. Okay, and then we do the Our Father, mm-hmm. Lord's Prayer, and then another Eastern prayer, Open unto us the door of your loving kindness, O most yes. blessed Theotokos, as we set our hope in you. Let us not be confounded, but through you may we be delivered from all adversities, for you are the salvation of all Christians. Mm-hmm. Yes, amen. Now, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful prayer, and... Um, you know, I was doing a little research because I wanted to find out exactly where that prayer came from, and um, the only thing that I saw, I didn't have as much time to look into it as I, I, I needed. I, I kind of uh, fell short of, of finding exactly where that prayer came from, but I did find that it seemed to have a connotation with uh, the, lit- the liturgy of preparation. When, you're, when the priest is there mm-hmm. 
praying, uh, you know, preparing the gifts for the celebration of the Eucharist. Do you, you would know more about that than I would, Father. Um, is that something, is that, does that ring a bell? Yes. In fact, I was going to mention that that is the exact prayer that I pray as part of my preparatory prayers before liturgy. That's really interesting. I, yeah, and so that's something, you, learning something new still about this every day. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful prayer, and the way that, you know, we in the East look to Our Lady, look to the Theotokos as a way of coming close to Christ, a way that is, uh, she comes near to us, and by drawing near to her through prayer, we draw near to Christ, her Son, to the Lord. And we say in that prayer, for you are the salvation of all Christians, and to some, you know, more, more modern, uh, maybe even Protestant ears, how can we call the Theotokos the salvation of all Christians? And you, you know, I thought Christ is the Savior of all Christians. Yes. And but this opens up a whole other realm of of, uh, of theology, really. Well, why do we look to her? Why do we pray in this manner to her? Why not just pray straight to God? And in the Eastern churches, you know, we we, we understand devotion to Our Lady is very central to our our whole liturgical prayer life and our whole personal prayer life. But she is the Theotokos, and that name is not something that she did once, right? She's not just the God-bearer when she gave birth to Christ. She's continually, this is an eternal title. This is, goes to the very essence of, of who she is as a person. She is the Theotokos. God is continually coming to us through her. That's why I love the Our Lady of the Sign icon, where she's shown with her hands lifted in prayer, and then Christ is shown right in the center of her being, coming forth from her. And so that's what the prayer rule of the Theotokos also does. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, in her Magnificat. And so that's what we're doing when we pray the prayer rule. We're, we're, we're saying, I want the Lord to be magnified through me. And in, in so doing that, I have to find someone to help me to draw closer to him, uh, because I am weak, I am a sinner, I have all of my faults and all of my failures. I want some extra help. I want her to magnify the Lord's presence in me. So I'm going to draw near to her, and she's going to pour forth that grace, that uncreated energy, that presence of Christ into me, and going to lead me on that way towards deification. Yes, this is why when we say in our prayers in the East that she is the salvation of all Christians, we don't mean that, as you mentioned, as though some of our Protestants' friends might interpret it. We don't mean that in a real strict, direct sense. We mean that she is our hope of salvation. She is the salvation of Christians in that she cooperated in a very, very significant, in fact, a unique way, an extraordinary way in salvation, in the salvation that Christ brings. She was indispensable. Let's face it, Christ came through her. He just didn't beam aboard like on Star Trek, you know. He came through her. So her place was essential. So we can say, just as we can say she was the mother of God, in other words, that she carried God within her womb, that person who was God and man, she is at the same time salvation of Christians. So in that deeper sense, as you're mentioning, yes, she is. In fact, in the iconography of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Theotokos, we never see her without Christ. There's only one icon in which we see her without Christ, and that is the icon of the protection of the Mother of God, because that 
denotes a particular event that happened, a miraculous event, where she was seen in the sky and over the church of Blachonet, and she protected the city of that time from calamity and so on. Other than that, she's always depicted with Christ. Now, in the icon of the Annunciation, of course, we don't see Christ exactly directly, although sometimes we do. We see it in a a kind of a hidden way in her garments. In other words, Christ is already implied there, and even in the icon of the Annunciation. So she's always depicted with Christ, either in an explicit or implicit way, except in that one icon. Exactly. Yeah, and I think I, I don't remember who said this, but they said she exists only in relation to God. Yes. That's, her whole existence is just in relation to God, you know? Anthony, I want to mention to the readers something about this book, uh, a number of things. First of all, it's, as always, as you always do, it's beautifully laid out. It's got lots of beautiful colors and icons and so on. But there's one icon in particular that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. It's an icon that you used for the mystery of the meeting of the Blessed Virgin with the righteous Elizabeth. Mm, yeah. Now, the reason why that icon caught my eye, because it's a very rare icon, but a very significant one, and, and I have to get a little bit personal here, too, in terms of myself. <laughs> it's an icon that depicts the Virgin Mary with Elizabeth. They're embracing each other. It's when she went to meet her, remember, and then John left Elizabeth's womb when he, he sensed the Christ in the womb of the Virgin Mary. That's right. Uh-huh. But this icon actually depicts Christ and St. John in the womb of their respective mothers. Exactly. Which is very, very unique and rather unusual, but it is uh, an ancient icon. I can tell by looking at it. It's it's a correct, uh, you know, codified, canonized, correct icon. Sure. And it's a very unique one, but I think a very powerful one, especially today. And a little personal story. My brother Nick had a, uh, he had since deceased, blessed memory, but he developed a church design firm in which he would do icons and actually complete church work, icon screens and so on. And he reproduced, he made a rendition of this of this particular icon. And when I saw it, I said, Nick, that icon, that work you just did is going to really take off. And sure enough, any place he went with it, it was in a sense almost plagiarized. People grabbed it and they wanted to reproduce it. And especially when he went to the March for Life. Absolutely. He had a picture of that, and people were just all over it. Anyway, so it has a very personal appeal to me, but it's a very special icon. It's in your book. And I want to close out here by having you tell everybody how they can get a hold of this book, The Prayer Rule of Theotokos, as prayed by St. Seraphim of Seraph, written by Anthony Stalin. Where can they get that book? All right, Father Tom, yes. The book, The Prayer Rule of the Theotokos, is available on Amazon.com, as are all my other books. They're available on Amazon.com. And uh, there's also a large print edition. There's a, there's a smaller book that's the small, regular print edition. And then there's a large, you know, 8.5 by 11 large print edition for anybody who, who wants to have a larger book. It's really good for, for children and for elderly people who might have a hard time reading the smaller print but still love to pray the prayer rule. Well, thank you very much, Anthony, for being on our program today. And thank all of you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab. And on iTunes, Light of the East is produced by ADC Media.